Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Welcome to Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. I hail from New York City, where I serve as director of the Hayden Planetarium, which is part of the American Museum of Natural History on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. You know, every now and then, I conduct an interview with a guest that is so rich in content and personality and humor and 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 the geekiness just oozes that we use the entire interview for the entire show. I think we've done this no more than two or three times in the six years we've been recording Star Talk. And I have to tell you, it happened again. This episode features just such an interview with a woman we all know as Queen Latifah. This woman, she's got enough personality to fill three people, as far as I can tell. Uh, she's, she's definitely the queen. The queen, no doubt about it. And she's had success in many different ways in her, in her professional life. She's a rapper, a songwriter, singer, producer, model, actress, talk show host. I, I can go on and on. And it, it's not as though she was just experimenting to see if she was good at it and then went on to something else. She's actively doing all of this at all times. But what struck me in particular about about my interview with her was just how genuine and passionate she is about science. She is deeply curious about life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> and and it's, I, I don't think many people know that about her. And of course, that's what we use Star Talk. That's, that's Star Talk at its best, finding that hidden geek underbelly in people you that. That uh, well, you didn't even know it existed uh, within them, and so it's clear that Queen Latifah has got some geek underbelly going on with her. So the first part of our conversation, we we kind of celebrate that that geekiness, and we talk about the interconnectedness of science and art, and <laughs> what kind of science fiction film she dreams of making. Who knew? Who knew? And. <laughs> Here's a hint. Uh, whatever that film is she wants to make, she, it's, it's got to involve nunchucks. <laughs> I think she wants to kick some sci-fi ass. So let's go to that conversation right now. My mother is an art teacher. She, so, you know, art and fascination with nature and things like that was normal in my household. Music was big in my household instruments and how they worked and radio and my brother was my brother loved science so he wanted a chemistry set immediately and, and I was Did he like burn a hole in the living room oh, carpet? he was all about tearing things apart taking things there wasn't a safe radio in my house um, my brother would instantly you know back get in a time some, when you could take things apart you could take it apart. nobody no nothing taking nothing gets taken apart today which is not good I know, you know? I, I have to agree it's this not was, this was something that we was missed really something big. there. We definitely missed a step. I mean, I think we did great in terms of moving things forward and fashioning new technology. But there's something about being tactile and touching things and knowing what they feel like, sound like, smell like. And, you know, in my 
I also grew up in Maryland and Virginia, which is where my grandparents are from. Um, so my grandfather had, you know, for us coming down to Maryland in, in the summers or Christmas time, was a big old basement with a lot of tools Stuff. and wood. And, and that's what we did. We went downstairs and we built things and we made things and we measured and cut. This is before Netflix. Definitely know. before Netflix <laughs> and Nickelodeon. <laughs> you know, it was no cable in the house. No cable. So just a couple channels that you had right. to work out with an antenna. So. <laughs> You know, uh, uh, aluminum foil antenna. So, I mean, you know, it was kind of the practical ways that science sort of invaded your life because you had to use it. In, in but that meant you life. didn't fear it. There are people yeah, who yeah. saw it as, well, that's science and I'm not science, so therefore I will shun it or walk around it or avoid it. And yeah. so, it, so what you're saying, not to put words in your mouth, but... Help me out here, <laughs> Help us It's okay. <laughs> that that a person as an adult can embrace science if only it didn't leave a bad taste in your mouth right. growing up. If it was even just neutral, right. that's, least, a good, that's a good thing. At least started neutral. Right. And now understand, I mean, I come from a Christian family, so uh -huh. of course we could get into creationists versus Darwinism, all that kind of stuff. That wasn't even really a big topic of discussion. There was... By the way, I think I've done a little homework on this, you, in the traditional black churches, mm -hmm. however religious they were, it did not include running to the school board to have them change the curriculum in the biology class. No. <laughs> that was no, not going on not. in the black churches. No, right, no, no, right. No, it was more about community and, yeah, and this sort of thing. Which was fine. Yeah, which was a good place for it to be. You mm -hmm. know, um, I think it, you know a kid has to be fascinated about a kid, kids. I think are fascinated about things. And when they really are fascinated, you want to feed that. So my, my, the family I came from was one that fed whatever spark they saw in us kids. So my mom and my dad were curi as curious about us as kids as we were about the world. And so when they saw a spark, they kind of fed that thing and, and kind of tried to nurture it rather than you know, guide us in one direction or other. Which or what happens we all too often because then you end up doing something that wasn't even in your own soul right. of curiosity. It's what your parents wanted for Which you. Which is no fun. It's no fun. Life's just no fun like right. that. Right. <laughs> now, you are hugely talented. I mean, looking at your resume, I don't, there was nothing you haven't done, I don't think. All right? If there's something you haven't done, I don't even know if you know you haven't done it. <laughs> so what, what's left? Talk show host, producer, hip hop star, uh, you know, movie star, Oscar nominated, you know, performer, uh, model. <laughs> Those intros get long. Man. I'm standing on the side of the stage to be introduced sometimes, and I'm like, Jesus. Could you hurry this up? I'm getting tired hearing about all the stuff I did. Um, um, do you have? Do you find yourself having to pick what you do next? I do have to pick what I do next yeah. because time is the one thing that I'm just not given, you know, uh, a lot of, and so. Well, I'm glad you to, noticed that because that's for damn sure yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not able to uh, be eight eight me's. If, if I could, I would because I'd get a lot more done, obviously, but I can't. So, yeah, I mean, quality of life is important to me these days. It's really about: Am I enjoying what I do? Am I happy? Does it push me in some sort of way? I have to be pushed. Um, because I need a challenge, so uh, I get bored very easily. If I'm if I'm not, you know, doing something interesting, then I'm like, okay, well, I, you know, it's boring. So it just doesn't feed me very much. Um, mm -hmm. um, so, 
Yeah, I do have to do a sci-fi movie. That's definitely on my. <laughs> oh, that's on your bucket list. It is so on my bucket sci-fi list, man. Sci-fi movie. Now, now, I had oh, you to. don't count. You were in the sphere. I was in okay, sphere, I know but I need Earth-based. to be. I need to be number one on the call sheet. You know, I'm not <laughs> like number seventeen. Where right, I'm kind of just there. like you were down there. I need to actually do something. I, I was getting killed, and plus I got killed in sphere. I got killed. Not, you weren't not alone in getting killed I was in getting sphere. Getting too good at getting killed. I had to put a no kill <laughs> clause in my contract. You could do that. I did. I was like, okay, I got killed and set it off. No sequel there. I got I killed in Spear. I'm like, I died too good. I get that. I'm good at this. And, okay, so I told my agent, listen, no more dying in these movies because there'll never be a sequel. So let's wrap that oh, up. Oh, right. sequel is the thing. <laughs> that's where, that, where that the comeback on the money yeah, comes on the sequel. Yeah, shut that down. I shut it down. <laughs> okay, plus. There's a lot more. To um, do. I mean, I guess. We went many decades without black folk being portrayed in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just were not. And yeah, is, that meant somebody's thinking about a future where they, <laughs> where yeah. they all, where they round them up and not, up not put them up. So, but science fiction films have huge following, loyal followings, mm-hmm. and so you're overdue. I'm way overdue. I mean, I've been... Let, let, let the record show. Yeah. I mean, in my household, there, there was Star Trek, and you watched Trek, and we were Trekkies, and we laid in front of the TV, and my brother could perfectly imitate Kirk and Spock, and, you know, it, we still were no words. They have a drink. It's called Tranya, and we like Tranya. What, what a word. You know, you could make up things that didn't sound typical. You know, you could create things and, and they didn't have to be what you read in a book. You, you could imagine something and that was, it's, it's the whole imagination of it all. I mean, we haven't seen it necessarily. So who says it does or doesn't exist? So you can just make it up, you know, which is kind of cool, especially if you ground it in something that's so, sort of real. So plus, since you didn't dislike science, it meant you were open to science things that might arise in your life. So one of my good friends of recent years is Bill Nye. And I go through the archives. There you go. (laughs) There you go. You would guess. How you gonna be from the Bronx and 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 let Bill Nye, the science guy, have a rap name (laughs) and you and get your rap name on? You You call me MC Squared. I mean that is probably kind of (laughs) cool. Give me that. I give you that. (laughs) So how so how do you land on Bill Nye, the science guy? How did that how did that happen? Frankly, I. It's the same way I found you. I mean, I enjoy someone who can, who is way more advanced and knowledgeable than I, but translates that to, you know, um, uh, someone like myself who can understand it and get just as excited about it um, as they are. And it's that passion, you know, it's the passion you have, it's the passion he has, and taking something simple and explaining it, you know, something that you see in everyday life. You are celebrating that fact. I love that. I mean, biology was one of my favorite classes as a freshman. Yeah, but how many, you were already a successful hip-hop star, okay? How does, oh, now let me show up on Bill Nye the Science Guy. Well, that that doesn't stop. I mean, I know a few people around here who are kind of geeks, you know, and and proud. We're proud to be. What are they, we got to let them out of the closet? I think Will Smith is a pretty big geek. I mean, he's a guy, he got into MIT. I mean, for all intents and purposes, had he not been the huge number one movie star that he is, he probably would have been an amazing scientist so this or is, developer So this is like a sort. fork in the road yeah. that was, oh my God. We're not just talented at these <laughs> gifts of music and acting. Like, it all comes from a fascination, a curiosity, and some of us actually do hit the books. I kind of, you know, went left a little bit at some point, and the clubs got a little more fascinating to me, but. I'm so heartened to see your accommodation and sensitivity to just sciencey things. Mm-hmm. 
because it's every science is everywhere. It's science. in our lives, and I, and I I'm hurt almost when I hear someone say, "I was never good at science, and I, it's not me. I'm an artist, not a scientist, or I'm a this, not a not a that." And oh, by the way, where's my smartphone? I have to call. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't artificially divorce what you think is science from the science that's actually touching your life. Well, it's touching our lives constantly. I mean. And thank God, what would we do? I mean, there's a lot of things that we, just a lot of us that wouldn't even be in here. The cave. Right, right. You know, be dead had, or had otherwise. someone not like done some sort of investigation into something, <laughs> you know? Be dead or otherwise. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, do you do you have any uh, secret geek underbelly? Well, I don't know. I'm I'm fascinated about a lot of things. I'm, I'm but you, you like the science fiction genre? I do. Otherwise, why are you trying to get? Again, no, I love the science fiction genre. That's that's that goes without saying, but I'll say it. I love sci-fi, and I want to be in a big, giant sci-fi movie or something that's really cool and small, as long as it's good. And how about uh, superheroes? You do a superhero thing? All that. I love All that. I love superheroes. I, I still believe I have a karate kung fu some sort of picture in me. There's no way I grew up on that much Bruce Lee and Star Trek to not be able to combine the two as an adult. Bruce Lee and Star and, Trek? And apply my life. It was just a whole marathon on. You know, it was just You just want to staple marathon. together stuff that happened in your life and create a movie role for it. Why not? You know, I'm already on it. Like, this is so you you So you into martial arts. What kind of martial arts you do? I love them all. I mean, I definitely love karate, kung fu. I love mixed martial arts. I love judo. Like, do you actually do it or just sort of think about some it? Some of it I could do. I mean, this is, my father was a, a, a SWAT officer and he knew karate. So he taught us, taught us a lot of that stuff as kids. So you can kick some ass. I might be able to kick, well, depending on what condition in the knee is <laughs> in, in the that, knee, on in that the rheumatism in the knee. I definitely can do a couple things. <laughs> But I, yeah, I have some nunchucks at home. And, nunchucks, and, and oh my god! And I just like that's like my. After Bruce Lee did his nunchuck, we all had to buy nunchucks. We had to. I mean, it was I have a nunchucks. Must. We all we had nunchucks. Chinese stars and throwing things, and, and we still walk around in Chinese, you know, shoes, karate shoes. Right. They're just very comfortable and practical, mm -hmm. you know. And um, <laughs> yeah, so those that's that's kind of my thing. But I have some nunchucks that I I just you know kind of use for stress relief. I'll just stand there when I need to think about something. I'll stand there. And I'm just Whoa. flipping my nunchucks, and, and it's okay. You you, know? you just I work you're, through it. You are. <laughs> you tell me when you just want to take your mind off of things. You will just play with nunchucks. I will. I'm gonna grab some nunchucks and just <laughs> boom. And yeah, and then I'll feel good. For like it your sound effects there. Get myself going. <laughs> Since this is radio, this is the indication of how fast you're swirling them around. So I remember, I'm old enough to remember, uh, pre-Bruce Lee, I mean, Bruce Lee was around, but not yet mm -hmm. a big movie star. There was this film, Billy Jack. Wow, the legend of Billy the, Jack. Like, Billy Jack. How about that? And so he was a half-breed. Yeah, yeah, you know, half I remember engine, that. Half, right? And he was sticking up for the, the, yep. the, the local tribes that were getting abused by the mm -hmm. thugs, right? And... But he, he was in, in he was in the Green Berets, all right, and they didn't know who they were messing. With. They didn't know who they were messing. My favorite line: mm. There's some you know redneck sheriff walks up to him, bad mouths him, and he says, and Billy Jack says, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take this foot. <laughs> he points to his main foot, and I'm gonna put it on that side of your face. <laughs> wait, wait, okay, that's badass. That is enough. badass. But it, it continues, and he says, and you know something else? 
There ain't a damn thing you can do about it. There ain't a damn thing you can do about it. And then in slow motion, up comes the foot against his face, his cheek, and there it is. There was nothing he could have done the, about it. The, and so and I, I saw that and I said, I want to be... I, you feel me? You, That's, it will never go away. That's what it just never going to go away. I got to go dig away. out my nunchucks now. I think my brother took them. You should. Just get the padded it. ones like the ones I have because I'm, you know, I'm not that skillful with them. So if you make a mistake, you don't bruise yourself. <laughs> No, but that's how you know to not make a mistake after that. Exactly. <laughs> and you get good quick, I guess. So you're going to put them down exactly. one or the other. There's only two ways we're going There's about this. There's only two ways. <laughs> really good or stop. Or stop. Right. For right. your own safety. Okay, so a sci-fi kung fu action superhero drama. All right. That sounds like fun to me. I don't know what the problem is here. <laughs> It's obvious. This is a no-brainer. Throw well, some they, music in there. They just introduced Wonder Woman. I mean, I know, that, that's I'm a new thing. I'm excited about yeah. that. That was, a, uh, that was a, a moving moment when she just sort yeah, of... Yeah, she's got to have the invisible plane. and I mean, yeah. But this is what I grew up on. So I'm, I'm really excited that... So it's in reach. It's like a it's whole new yeah. generation that they're really just going so hard. And with these effects that they have nowadays, it's just uh-huh. Uh-huh. so Yeah, there's no, there's no limit. Real. Right. Used to be, can they make the mechanical model? Right. And now we have virtual reality, and I'm really interested in seeing where that's going to go because uh, um, I just shot a, 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 prom- a promotion for this American Heart Association thing, and one of the guys, um, he was his his uh, company directed the Cove. Okay. And but they're also developing that was virtual the, the, reality. The documentary that yes. was so influential. Exactly yeah. about the dolphins and everything. Yeah. But um, they de- developed this VR. And it was like, he's like, come here, try these on. So I put these glasses on and I'm literally under the ocean and I'm watching sharks oh, swim by mm-hmm, and fish. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, you're turning your head in every direction you're moving, you're looking up, you're looking down. It's a little disorienting initially, but once you kind of give into it a bit, mm-hmm. you're sort of in an entirely different world. And it's very real to your brain, which is kind of cool to That's me. That's the so. whole point of it. Right, right. It <clears> doesn't yeah, have to so. be physically real, just... Right, as long real, as, it's as real the matrix is real. Because some and of it, you're gonna want to probably take those glasses off at some point, okay, and come up out of that world. <laughs> so that's another kind of matrix to live in. It is. Right, it right. is. Coming up, Queen Latifah and I discussed hip hop as a kind of a social movement, kind of a force of change in society. And also, perhaps you might remember a recent dust up that I had with another hip hop artist regarding what shape the earth has. Yeah, well, we went there. And we'll hear all about that and more when Star Talk Radio returns. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. In this week's episode, we break format from our normal sort of structure of the show, and we're featuring my interview with Queen Latifah, but without any interruptions at all, just straight through. And that's the entirety of this episode. And in this segment, we, we reveal that how she got her start. And of course, it's as a rapper and a hip-hop artist. And of course, she's a damn good one. And, you know, she's been nominated for seven Grammys. Seven Grammys. And five of them for her rap albums. So she's she's out there getting the job done. But more than that, her lyrics serve as a kind of a potent 
source of inspiration for women. And back in the day, female rappers were, you just, there weren't any. I mean, there might have been one or two. And she was one of those two. <laughs> so she had an especially visible and influential platform from which to be heard. And I wondered how that platform might be constructed in modern times to stimulate women to enter the STEM careers, science, technology, engineering, and math. And also, I, I was curious, you know, when the arts embrace science and the sciences embrace the arts, then people are no longer sort of bounded or contained or boxed in by or labeled by saying they're this or that. And maybe you can be a scientist and be an artist or be one and embrace the other. And you're really only bounded by your curiosity. So let's rejoin my interview with Queen Latifah as we explore the role of performance art as a vehicle to effect change. Uh, some of your earlier hip-hop work, and I don't know your more recent work, forgive me, but your earlier okay. work, it a lot of it was uh, in the service of empowerment mm -hmm. of women. Right. And have you ever considered uh, a dimension of that to encourage women in the STEM fields? Because, oh, yeah. you know, performance has influence, mm -hmm. right? I mean, right. It's a, the power of an artist is, is never neutral. Right. 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 And so... So when it's done with a mission, it can be quite potent. I would actually and, and right love now, to do STEM, that. the STEM, you know, science, technology, yes, yes. engineering, and math, uh, we're trying to sort of move women, yes, uh, or not, at least not have them fear it mm -hmm. as a minimum. And so, have you ever thought of leaning that way in any of your output? I would love to, and maybe that's a new idea that you've given me to really focus on. Because uh -huh. whenever I've been, whenever it's sort of come past me, or anyone has been involved with it that wanted me to do something say some sort of promo or just send a shout out to the kids i've always done it but i haven't really driven anything towards it but i know how important it is because yeah, yeah. it's it's really sad how people are discouraged from doing the things that they're capable of doing and at the end of the day it all it holds all of us back plus there's social forces you know yeah. is, is the girl as attractive to boys if right. she's if she's smarter than the boy, you know, we got to overcome all this. Well, yeah, we do have to overcome this. Yeah. But how did the boys overcome it? You know, the boys who were once supposedly unattractive are now the most attractive. That's true. You know, so by geek chic. But this is something that parents should be That's, educating kids on. About that. that time, listen, you have to. There's a whole myriad of things that kids have to get through. Mm. Puberty alone is right. a challenge, you know, and uh -huh. everything's the end of the world. But if you can get them through that to the other side of it, it life begins to take over and things begin to appear and, and it gets well, exciting. Well, it's the full again. expression of freedom. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, I want to see, I mean, I was one of those girls, so I wasn't, but I wasn't dissuaded from it. Right, right. Know? This is that important And fact that's the here. difference. Yes. So yes. yeah, I, I, anything that empowers. Yes. Yes. And yeah. it was kind of, it was, it was fun, you know. kind of cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, it's cool. To me, I think it's sexy. Uh -huh. I think a, sec, a female scientist, someone discovering, someone in the belly of the lab. See, that's where the acting thing, that's why I was not supposed <laughs> uh -oh. to be a well, scientist, but an actor. That? Did we script that? 
That's all that James T. Kirk coming through me. If only... I'm an actor, Jim. I'm not yes. a doctor. I'm an actor. Damn it, we've got to get these girls in science and matter. <laughs> anyway, but no, I would I would definitely support it. So if you come up with some ideas right, for no, me to... to know. Not, I that definitely, I, not that I'm a, a dear generator there, but... Write a rhyme just... and bust something out, you know. Okay. Or maybe I'll do something. That's a good idea. I think I'll go back to the lab and figure out how I can integrate some STEM support in there. Hmm. So I got a little pulled into the hip hop scene a mm -hmm. few months ago, mm -hmm. where the the, the rap star B.O.B. Uh -huh. started going off that Earth was flat. And <laughs> oh, I don't know man. if you know about this. So he started. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't care Wait, what I people like think. I do know about no, that's this. What I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. So I don't care. Except there must have been some overlap in the Venn diagram of his Twitter followers and my Twitter followers, because my so my Twitter line started lighting up, saying, "Please." Save B.O.B. Right, from himself. Right. Could you correct him? Could you? Oh They're God. pleading to me. These were his fans that also followed me. Right. And I still said, no, I can't. I don't have time for this. He, uh, no. So and then I looked fun. at his Twitter stream. And he said, I use physics and math to show that Earth is flat. Now, there's a fighting words, right? Then I said, oh, no, I'm, I got to rise up to this. And so I showed that he was wrong. But then I said, but it's okay for you to think the world is flat. Just don't try to influence anyone else. Right. Well, he wasn't serious, right? Well, it was just I, some creative I, license be, kind of thing, uh, Maybe, right? I don't know. No way he was serious. And enough. then... Come on, you've flown around a bad boy. Then he sang a, sang a diss track, all right? And I, and I, you I, haven't I, made it. You have Wow. So now I'm not a rap star, so I had to call my nephew, oh, Stephen Tyson Jr., right. who is himself a rap. He, oh, he's got his own yeah. little fledgling career. And I said, what am I, what do I do now? And he said, well, I'll help you write it. Let a, him write a, you a, some rhymes. That's back. right. And so, no, I didn't rhyme it. He did it. And so uh, he, he wrote a diss track. So oh then God. I'll end up on Sway. Oh, okay? my God. This is not, I I'm, love I'm it. just an astrophysicist pulling me into all of this. I'm on Sway on well, Sirius XM. Well, you can't have it both ways. Now, you can't separate science from the creative. We just discussed okay, this. I didn't, the creative no, is connected is now. So it you and it's all full circle. It's true. It's full circle. I'm just saying it was, I was like. And you're from the boogie down. I was, I was pulled in Represent. briefly. <laughs> and I quickly said, okay, that's enough for now. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, you had an uh, Oscar nomination for Chicago. Mm -hmm. I saw that film and it was like you were born to play that role. I feel like I was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like I cannot imagine anyone else in this role. That's I, how I knew. That was like wow. I so, haven't had to fight for a role that hard since. Do you, you fought for that role? I fought. I took three auditions to get that role. Oh my god. Three, three. I was like, who, listen. Who did you beat out? I think I beat out a lot of people, a, a lot, lot of people, people of, of note who, uh -huh. who, who would have been great in that role, yeah. but uh, I had to fight. Well, I know it's properly cast when I, yeah. someone else is unthinkable exactly. in the role. And you have to really, you know, I, I think I've sealed Matron Mama Morton in people's minds, and I hope that they don't see, ever see anybody <laughs> else other than me playing it in that way, but yeah, that was a... Yeah, it was a, it was a, I had to audition for, for uh, Rob Marshall, the director in New York. And it's tricky because the, the, when we, when that whole thing came up, it was just after 9-11, Broadway was shut down. Mm. And it just, people just started performing again and I had to go see the play because I hadn't seen the play. So I went to see the play and I made it through intermission. And I just was so kind of nervous uh, because it was literally less than two weeks after 9-11, I was nervous. So I just, 
I was like, okay, I got it. I'm out. You, got the <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm yeah, good. I'm out. Yeah, I'm, you tap I'm, out. I'm okay. I'm gonna take a break on this, and that was that. But uh-huh. yeah, there's yeah. still the jitters. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was a very uh, tough time in New York. You uh-huh. know, such a sensitive time in New York for all of us. Um, but yeah, so so I, I auditioned once. I had to wait for a call back. Got the call back. Then I had to sing, go up there and sing. Then I got that. That's right. Everybody sang like, in that movie. Yeah, and then I had to fly up to Zeta Toronto. Jones sang. Everybody sang. And I had to audition with her. I had to read and sing with her. And that's what. After that, they gave me the role. Okay. I was like, come on, man. Didn't Richard Gere sing his own? Everybody, everybody sang. sang. Everybody sang. Everybody that was good. did their own thing, and um, you know he was a great director mm-hmm. to really get that out of everybody and make them feel so comfortable. Right. You know, people who hadn't really done that. So, um, I didn't see your film Bessie, but I know Bessie. I mean, I'm a huge. Blues you know fan. Bessie. Well, how old is you? No, no. I t- <laughs> <laughs> you got to be well, pushing the hundred thirty. Uh, hundred, hundred thirty. <laughs> Getting the rheumatism. Yeah, your hip is killing you right now. Damn. It's gonna rain in a couple hours. <laughs> I need a porch. Oh, oh my god. Some New Yorkers don't have that. Oh that, man. You know, old people on the front porch. I know, right? Mentality, but <laughs> uh, but I'm a, I'm just a fan of the blues mm-hmm. and some people's stories were undertold historically, right. so I'm glad right. you, you found that medium and, and that yeah, story to tell. Yeah, we needed to tell that story. Yeah, that, that's just, she well, was something else. She changed a lot. On that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Look at that face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good I'm one. tell you something stupidly geeky. So, I read that you you sang in, was it uh, New Jersey Performing Arts Center, which is right in the middle of Newark. Mm-hmm. You did a version of Oh Happy Day. I did. Of the, that song from the Edwin Hawkins singers. Yes. Okay. So that was one of my favorite gospel songs when I was a kid. And one time I was very young and my mother had to go out. And for some reason she didn't take me but was a little worried about leaving me at home. So she put me on the, I must have been four or something, mm-hmm. I don't know if I, put me on the couch, played Oh Happy Day in repeat mode, which you could do on the record player in the day. Wow. And because she knew I liked the song, so I wouldn't leave as long as the song was playing. Wow. But I decided to count how many times they said, Oh, happy day in that song. Are you serious? And to this day, I have that number. Which is? Head. It's 59 times. Oh, it's not more than that. You might goodness. think it was more than that. But, Oh, happy day when Jesus yes. walked. You know, I, and, and then the chorus comes in, and, and, and then, then there's that, Oh, happy yes, day. Yes, yes. And it, the song just. That's it keeps a lot of time. Ascending. <laughs> yes. You are in heaven when that song right. is done, right? <laughs> right? So wherever you were, you end up in heaven, and so it's fifty-nine times. That's why you are who you are. Because <laughs> who sits there at four years old and counts? <laughs> I might have been five, but it was I was <laughs> my feet didn't leave the couch. Right, right. You couldn't hit the ground on the couch. And I'm glad you could count to almost sixty. Like that <laughs> Thank you. Good job. Actually, I wonder maybe I didn't know how to count to sixty, and it was a fifty-nine plus. I don't right, know. right. Fifty-nine <laughs> I <to> double check. <laughs> I love that. So I had to tell you that story because if you though. sang that song, and you stayed put too, huh? I stayed put. I didn't budge the whole time. See, Mama, Mama knew. She knew. She, she knew. had me she figured knew. out. She's like, this this will keep him occupied. Uh, also, uh, you did you cut an album called Travel and Light? I did. Okay, so. That's the punchline of a joke, really? a geeky joke. Yeah, hit me. <laughs> you have to. You can't. You can't go there okay. and not give it up. <laughs> it's very good. Okay. So, a photon walks into a bar. 
You got me at that already. No, 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 that's stupid. That's a first. I messed it up. So a photon checks into a hotel. Okay. Okay. And the bellhop comes and says, "Hello, do you have any luggage?" He says, "No, I'm traveling light." Oh my God! Give it up! Give it up! No, that's I'm traveling light. I'm tra a photon it's is traveling so light. That's good. That's good. And I saw that album. I said, no, I got that. I'm there. The I don't know what's in the album, it? but I got the joke. Look, the best part of it is your laughter before the joke. I knew you were going to mess the joke if I say you're laughing too hard. It's no, how my mother starts going the joke. to a bar. But <laughs> I love that. Um, I want to hear some more. You want to hear a couple more? Yeah, okay. you might as well hit me with a couple um, more. So what denomination religion are you raised in? Uh, Christian. Uh, I mean, uh, what denomination of Christianity? Uh, Baptist. Ca Baptist. Ba Catholic okay. and Baptist. Catholic and Baptist. I'm all okay. confused. So do you remember the uh, year, couple year, year and a half ago, um, over in Switzerland, they discovered what was called the Higgs boson, which was this particle long sought. And this particle has a field around it, mm -hmm. where if you're another particle and you go through that field, right. this part, the Higgs boson grants that particle mass. It's a badass particle wow. to do this. You have the power to give mass to other particles that come through. So it won a Nobel Prize. It was a, it was a very, very important particle. Okay? In fact, there's a book published called The God Particle. Right, right, right. In anticipation right. of the discovery of that particle. Right. Okay? So that's the setup. Now, this is a joke where I know who invented the joke. How often do you know who invents a joke? Like hardly you ever. Hardly yeah, ever you hardly ever know. It's lost. No, you just don't it's know. lost in the ether, right? Right. I know who invented this joke. His name is Brian Mallow. Wow. And he's got a Twitter handle called Science Comedian. <laughs> so we got that out. <laughs> so we got people who, who try to make you laugh, right? See? On this. So this is his joke. You ready? A Higgs boson walks into a church. <laughs> <laughs> and the priest says, I'm sorry, sorry, we don't allow Higgs bosons in church. And the Higgs bosons said, Oh, but without me, you can't have mass. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. See, I knew the nine years of Catholic school would pay off. You've been missing out on some geek jokes your Yo, whole I'm life. Yo, I'm about to get my geek joke on. Because <laughs> we get an education and some humor, and I can't wait to hear one where I'm like, nah, not so much on that. So one. we got good people. We got people thinking <laughs> this stuff up. Give me. That's a good one. Huh? I'm about to do some Higgs boson research. <laughs> I'm all excited about that, to be able to give math. Yeah, think about it. Look at all the, you know, um, sex and, and relationships and mm -hmm. New York versus L.A., the, the tired subjects that everyone mm -hmm. composes jokes on. Think of the limitless cosmos. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Just saying. Literally the limitless, limitless cosmos. And ever-expanding, yes, cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> And Star Talk returns. You will not have to hear any more of my corny, geeky jokes. But if you want to tweet your own at Star Talk Radio, we'd love to see what you've got. <laughs> when Star Talk returns, you will not have to hear any more of my corny, geeky jokes. But if you want to tweet your own at Star Talk Radio, we'd love to see what you've got up your sleeve. Coming up, Queen, coming up, Queen Latifah and I talk about the new film Ice Age 5, Collision Course. In it, she plays a woolly mammoth named Ellie. And I 
have my own cameo in it. Shh. It's my, <laughs> it's my, it's my animated movie debut. Uh, I, I play Neil DeBuck Weasel. <laughs> Just stay tuned. You'll get more in a moment. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tonight, we, you know, every now and again, we have an episode. It's not even every now and again. It's every couple of years, maybe. An episode is so full and so rich in content that we just run my interview just as it happened. And that's what you're getting tonight with my conversation with Queen Latifah. And you're just going to hear the whole thing, basically. And in this next part of the conversation, we talk about... Her latest movie, Ice Age 5, Collision Course. You, you heard me right, Ice Age 5. There's almost as many of these things as the Fast and Furious series. <laughs> it caught me by surprise, too. Uh, if You're not alone if you're saying five. There have been five of these. Uh, well, she plays the woolly mammoth named Ellie. And I even have my own cameo in the film. I play Neil DeBuck Weasel, which I'm not roaming with the rest of the mammals. I, I exist in the head of Buck the Weasel, helping him make important decisions. Well, let's check it out. So, you're a mammoth. I am. Ellie. You got the word out, huh? Like, yes, I am Ellie, the woolly mammoth. <laughs> who once thought she was a possum. Oh. <laughs> She's clear about this that is, at this point. Is this like the most successful animated series Ever or something? Huge, yes. That's crazy Worldwide, huge. It's huge. Now, isn't that a mystery to even the producers themselves? <laughs> you know, I'm, it's a fun I'm sure topic. About no it. one's going to argue that it wasn't a fun subject, but I'm betting they didn't think this was going to be a worldwide phenomenon. And it's, you all have almost as many episodes as the Fast and Furious series. And that, that's saying something. This is our fifth one. That's okay. crazy. Okay. I mean, I've been, I've been a hero in my household to my nieces and nephews, rather. They went. They didn't call me Dana, Aunt Dana is my real name. They called me Aunt Ellie for months. Auntie oh. Ellie. Auntie Ellie. Oh, Auntie Ellie is on the phone. Okay, hi, Auntie Ellie. I'm like, you know, I'm not a, a you know a woolly mammoth. They don't exist anymore. You, I'm still just Auntie Dana. So did that? Does they that does that sensitize you to any? This is the the obvious cliche question they always ask actors. Mm -hmm. So are you now sensitized to? Climate or extinct animals or the fate of the earth. I think I've always been sensitized to that. Okay, yeah, I'm a Pisces. You know, <laughs> I mean, where's that in your cosmos, man? <laughs> uh, you know, but I, so yeah, I think I, I am because not so much because of a uh, ice age, which I think is going to be huge and funny and exciting all over again, and I love doing it every time. Uh, but just because I travel the world, I like I love going different places on this planet and um when you get to see some of the beauty and the harshness of as well you just kind of want want it to be i mean i want the damn planet to live i mean how like the you? harshness <laughs> empowers yeah. you to appreciate the beauty all the more it really does it makes you know you realize that i mean we're here we're all here together we need to share this one planet so right. um what what just disturbs me the most i guess is the fact that we even have the power to that much power 
uh, to be able to harm our own planet, right. uh, you know, that we could actually have, be capable, it's a physically new, capable of doing something like that. They're debating what to call the new geologic era, where the Earth is now influenced by the conduct of one of its species, the I human mean, beings. And listen, I think the Earth is going to win eventually. Yeah, it always yeah, it, does. And everybody's <laughs> saying, oh, let's save Earth. No, Earth don't need... No, you don't no need, Earth is going to be fine. What's not going to be fine is us. Don't you get this? I've done... I, listen, we get wiped out every time. Right, You know, right, you right. better the realize... The fossil record shows it, yes. We lose this fight every time. The Earth and, then, you know, nature is always going to take over. Mm -hmm. So um, it'll have its way. Um, but so... So, so yeah. did they tell you? I don't, I don't know if they told you. Told me what? They told me. I have a cameo. In Ice Age. You do? I, I do know a, about that. I, I have oh, yeah. Ice Age. Wait, aren't you in, aren't you in? I'm not going to tell. Aren't you in? Know. I know where you are, too. <laughs> I know exactly where no, you are. I'm a, just a little thing. Was, it's just a little thing. I got the word on it. Aren't you in? You're in the. Mm. I'm in the thought process. You're in a good place, though. Yeah, it's a good place. It's a you're good place. You're in a great place. Because once I get to be, um, yeah, I wouldn't agree if it was just completely if, if it, rather, um, I don't. I don't mind people having fun with science right. in a movie, provided they they have fun in a in a. I don't know if in the right moments they don't take themselves too seriously, right. and you're just having fun. Right. Then everybody has fun, and then I'm all for it. And if an artist taps me on the shoulder and says, "Can you bring some of your science expertise right. to my art project?" Yeah. And and if an artist is reaching for me, I gotta I gotta. Come and call. Of course you do. I do. Especially when you could pop some reality in it. Something yeah. that could, is really <laughs> Just possible. a little bit. Just you a know, little bit. I, you know, God bless them. Every time they have to figure out, they have to figure out some way, some plausible way to create a extinction level event. <laughs> <laughs> every, every movie, movie. they, they got to figure it out. Everybody's going down. Like, you know what I mean? So how did it happen? This, and it has to be, play, it can be playfully plausible. And a squirrel did it. A squirrel. A whatever, historic whatever, sort of whatever, squirrel. A squirrelly thing. Scrat. Scrat. A scrat. The rat squirrel, whatever he right. is. Right. And he's the hero. He's, he's like, my favorite character. He's everybody's favorite character. Every movie is like Everybody's got a stuffed scrat. Right. And he doesn't even speak a word. He's just, get it, get it, get it, get it. I'm like, damn, that's, that's a good thing. Thank you. That's I like, you know, I like to think I love Scrat enough to imitate him well. So it's funny because I don't do. It's not what I do. So I'm, I'm in an interloper, and it was just fun when don't I, you do? I did my lines, and then they said, okay, now this is the part where we just need you to make noises for when you're doing things. So I need you to grunt. Right. I need you to. Uh, Right. Uh, in case you're climbing something. Uh, it's, it's trippy, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a whole just sort of the sound effects. How that, was that the, experience it was, for it you? Was, it was surreal. I, I enjoyed it, but because then I, it was learning how the sausage gets made that any, any VO person knows, uh, you know, and so. Yeah, you can literally pass out trying to do that stuff. <laughs> I mean, the, some of the uh, voiceover studios, some of the studios mm -hmm. have this sort of uh, almost a ballet bar. It's a, like a, a, a bar that's a horizontal and, and vertical kind mm -hmm. of shape, and you can lean on it to run so that you make the right oh. without making too much noise with your clothes but getting right. the breath out to sound like you are running and chasing because you can i mean people have passed out doing these effects you know trying to make the sound of running or <laughs> breathing right, so right, hard right. that they're like <laughs> i've heard some <laughs> funny stories through the years about people who've like knocked themselves out from like there's one other vo i was asked okay in this scene you're falling into a black hole so give me the anguish and pain that that is <laughs> and you said, <laughs> <laughs> "What was, was like, that like?" Okay, let's hear. It. 
Well, you get extruded through the fabric of space as you get ripped head to toe. So it's quite a, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's a, you have That's to, some good extrusion. Yeah, you have I to like you have it. to feel like you're that being stressed That was really out. good. I'm getting better. Your, I I'm like saying. it. It's in your faces and your voices. Okay? I really better. feel like you got extruded just then. <laughs> I'll miss you. Acting. I'll miss you, bud. Acting. <laughs> See you next lifetime. <laughs> All right. For this last part of the show, Queen Latifah had a burning question for me. You know. It, in my experience, interviewing artists and celebrities and folks who, who you may know for other reasons, on Star Talk, it's often that I'm the first astrophysicist they've ever met, uh, or at least the first one they had a chance to sit down with. And being the curious folks they tend to be, they artists, you know, are not only curious about how to find new ways to portray the world. They're curious about the world itself. Some people may be surprised to learn that. And I'm delighted to have uh, found that out here on Star Talk. And so usually when given the chance, they'll just pelt me with questions about the universe. When I ask them if they, if they have any questions, and sure enough, I asked it of Queen Latifah, and she charmed me with hers. Let's see what it was. Okay, I got too many questions, so I'll just ask you. I want to know just one thing then. So you you have an asteroid in your desk, is that true? I do in my desk. Yeah, it's in my it's in my drawer. In your office. In my lower left drawer. An yeah. asteroid in your lower left yeah. drawer. Yeah, actually, a meteorite. Yeah, a but meteorite. it was once an asteroid, but yeah. Right. I'm sorry, not an asteroid. That's crazy. Yeah. But a meteorite. <laughs> so what is it like to actually touch something that was in outer space for the first time. I mean, f to have studied this, but to actually physically have something in your hands that was there and that's now here. That is a beautiful question. And let me give you a slightly long answer. I'll take it. Okay. Um, at the Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., Smithsonian Air and Space, they have the original Apollo 11 capsule that went to the moon. Occasionally you have tourists coming through and they say, oh, so this is the capsule that went to the moon and came back. And they say, oh, is it a replica? No, it's the actual capsule. <laughs> and when you tell them that, then they take higher interest. And we live in a time where you can make an exact replica if yeah. you wanted to every detail. But the knowledge that it's real matters. I could have perfect knowledge of what an asteroid is and how it enters Earth's atmosphere and you find it, and I can know it intellectually, but until you hold it in your hand, it is never as real as it can possibly be. And so this asteroid, which is this, this piece of an asteroid, this relic from the early solar system, it's four and a half billion years old, sitting in my desk drawer, every time I pull it out, and you feel how heavy it is, how dense, how uncommonly dense it is and it's got it's it's craggy and magnets stick to it and it's and you realize that it contains iron forged in stars from long ago that manufactured iron that is also in the hemoglobin of your blood mm -hmm. so the iron of this asteroid of this meteorite and the iron in your blood have a common origin so there's a there's a there's a 
cosmic connectivity that has no equal as I hold that meteorite in my hand. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, and, and by the way, I, I collect old science books mm -hmm. written in the day of when the discoveries were made. So they go back several centuries. My wife is always telling me, oh, why don't you just get, the, get it online? Why are you paying for this? Just, you can read the content. Google scan the book, right. find the page. And I say, no, I can hold the book that's been held by generations of people before right. me. There are, there's margin notes mm -hmm. of people trying to work through the equations wow. when no one before had ever seen these equations. Mm -hmm. In that way, I commune through time. Yes. With those who have struggled mightily to understand our place in the universe. You owe me an interview. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, we got to wrap up this episode of Star Talk. And I hope you had as much fun listening to this conversation as I did having it. And you no, know, you can't not be enchanted by Queen Latifah. Uh, I am an even bigger fan of hers now than I was before because she's warm and smart and talented and, and kind and giving all the things that I think most people aspire to be. People aspire to be the, the bits and pieces that she is. And yet she has all those bits and pieces in one person. And so, uh, I tip my hat. No, I, I, I bow to the queen, <laughs> to queen Latifah. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Star Talk Radio, and I've been your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And as always, I bid you to keep looking up. <laughs>